I am Gautam Kumra, Chairman of McKinsey Asia, and you are listening to the Future of Asia podcast, Leading Asia series. The Asian century has begun, and as the world's largest economy, Asia has the potential to fuel and shape the next normal. Join us as we discuss what Asia's rise means for businesses across the globe with Asia's leading CEOs. When Arundhati Bhattacharya retired as chairperson of the State Bank of India in October 2017, many people thought her corporate journey had reached its end. She'd just wrapped a 40-year tenure at India's largest bank, which held 38 trillion rupees in deposits as of end September 2021, employing more than 245,000 people in over 22,000 branches. In 2016, Forbes ranked her 25th among the world's 100 most powerful women and the 5th among the most powerful women in finance. In April 2020, a few years into retirement, Arundhati was appointed the chairperson and CEO of Salesforce India, a US software company with a $210 billion market capitalisation as of May 2022. This marked the beginning of a bold new professional chapter on several fronts. A shift from the public to private sector, from banking to technology, and from working for a legacy Indian institution to an American company that was only starting to expand in the country. Those familiar with Arundhati's journey might not be that surprised by her decision to lead Salesforce. She's always believed that lifelong learning is key to success, approaching every situation with a questioning mind and a learner's humility. You know, what I see of the future is that people will have multiple careers. They will have to unlearn, relearn, and you know, really be on that learning curve for a very, very long time. In fact, as long as they work, because that's how it's going to be. All the cycles that we are seeing today, whether they're economic cycles, climate cycles, stock market cycles, they're all getting shorter. And of course, the technology cycles, which impact us hugely, they're all getting shorter. And because they're getting shorter, you have to be always on that learning curve. You're always literally on a treadmill because if you aren't there, you are just going to become redundant. Your your sell-by date is going to come much faster. And when Arundhati joined Salesforce as its CEO, the transition from her role as chairperson of SBI to a more startup-like environment posed its own challenges. So this was an opportunity for me to really test out whether what I was saying, whether I could walk the talk. That is number one. The number two thing is, you know, when I was chairman of SBI, I often used to wonder that am I able to do all of this because I got a ready-made platform? SBI chairmanship, after all, is very well-defined, what it can do, what it cannot do. It's a 217-year-old organization or more, probably. And the thing is, everything was very well laid out. So I had a ready-made platform on which to operate. People knew what to expect from me. And here was Salesforce in India, which was more like a startup, because we had done the sales function here in India only for about three years, seriously, before I came on. And there was no other CEO position. I was the first CEO of this particular institution in India. And therefore, there was nothing that was given to me that this is your mandate, this is what you're required to do, and this is how you will do it. I literally had to carve out a position for myself. The CEO position is a peerless role. They need to be able to solve their organization's biggest problems, 
but that can sometimes only be done when stakeholders from different sectors come together. A stellar example of that is India's journey towards digital inclusion. The digital initiatives are very important because I realised one thing when we were doing the Prime Minister Jandan Yojana. That is for a country of our size, with the kind of population we have, with the kind of geography we have, we will never get financial inclusion done unless there is a very strong technology backing to it. What enabled us to do PMJDY, and believe me, we had been trying to do financial inclusion for 14 long years before that, but it wasn't that successful. What really enabled PMJDY, except other than various other factors like running it like a project and running it as a more holistic exercise, but what really helped it was the Aadhaar piece, that is the unique identity, which enabled us to determine that A is A and B is B. That is so very difficult in India where people don't have addresses in the villages where there is so much of migration of labor. So unless and until you can do your KYC, know your customer, you are not in a position to open a bank account. And that was something that was taken care of through the digital initiative of Aadhaar. You know, that was a real eye-opener that this is something, this is the enablement India needs for inclusive growth. We hear again that digital is key to some of the world's thorniest problems. Besides making things like accessing your bank transactions in real time much easier to do, it also makes it much easier to reach hard-to-access areas, like rural villages. If we are talking about raising the standards of living of all Indians, digital is the only way out. You cannot, you just cannot deliver all of the services to all the corners of India through a brick-and-mortar approach. It's impossible. It's just too costly. It doesn't work. There is no commercial model to it. But take it digital and you can not only deliver it to the very far reaches of the country, but you can actually hyper-personalise it through the use of AI and ML and robotics. What are some qualities needed to be a successful leader today? First and foremost is a leader must have a very clear vision. And when I'm talking about a vision, it's not only a near-term, but also a long-term vision. Now, creating a long-term vision is difficult because, you know, the data points are not sufficient. There are few data points. But your ability to create a scenario out of few data points is something that's very important. Because if you get it right, and you need to get it right, then you can be a long-term leader and you can then leave your organization far better prepared for the future. Now, once you have the vision, the second biggest thing is to get the buy-in of your people. And there, I think communication plays a great part. You need to be a good communicator in order to get your point of view across and then get the buy-in of the people. Because without the buy-in of the people, you have tremendous amount of headwinds. You want to convert that into tailwinds so that actually speaking, you know, people can proceed very quickly they have a stake in that particular vision. You have to create that environment where each and every one is actually looking at the vision and thinking that, yes, this is where I need to be or I want to be. If you don't have that buy-in from people again, it doesn't really work. I would also think is that, you know, you need to find the strengths in people. Who does what well? And then put them there accordingly. So I said, I always say, you know, put the round pegs in round holes and square pegs in square holes. And the last but not least, I think, you know, there can't be a permanent leadership style. You have to change depending upon the situation. There are situations where you need to lead from the front. There are other situations where you can retreat to the back and allow your teams to do the work. 
Because if you don't do that in good times, then you will not be able to achieve on multiple fronts. You are, after all, one person with one brain, 24 hours a day, two hands. Is this professional chapter making you rethink what you would like your legacy to be? I just want to leave this institution stronger and better than what I left it. That's about it. I don't want anything else. You know, a legacy builds itself. I don't think you have to go about building it big by brick. You do the right things and then the legacy automatically follows. There's no point in wasting time thinking about what I'm leaving behind. Try to do the best you can at this point of time. Live in the moment as, you know, so many of our uh, gurus say. Uh, live in the moment, do your best and then, you know, let uh, legacy take care of things. You have been listening to the Future of Asia podcast by McKinsey & Company. To learn more about McKinsey, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at mckinsey.com slash futureofasia or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. <music>